This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Mr. Mittens has taken the throne in Catlandia, which leaves our heroes to destroy the evil Well of Souls. But what will they face inside the excavation? Has the voice in Alan's head led them to the right place? Can Quinny forgive them for days of torture at the hands of Ranger? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. Butthole and Alan, you find yourselves in the open staging area of the excavations that have been going on to access the tomb below. It's far enough away from the cat citadel that you've got a bit of time and a bit of space, and you realize you may not actually have a better place to summon Quinny, because you need a bit of open room for it. You'll need somewhere that's defensible and that's a little quieter. So this seems like a good place. It kind of takes a few hours. You're kind of resting up. It's kind of an overnight situation where you're both prepping the summoning circle and recovering from the battle. Feel free to rejuvenate your spells, all that sort of stuff. And as morning breaks, the ritual is prepared with Billy standing on your shoulder. As he does. As he does. You activate the stone to summon Quinny. So basically the patterns you've drawn on the ground start to light up. And then there's a sudden flash. And Quinny is a lot closer to you than you expected. You're kind of expecting like a Terminator center crouch thing, but instead he's uncomfortably close to the edge. And then you see him fall back, clutching his wrist, and he seems to be missing a hand. Hey, guys. And I wave my stump at them. <laughs> you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling what? great. Real good idea living with a ranger. That played out real well. <laughs> see, Alan, I told you it'd work out. And I look at Goblin Jr. He's like, snarf, snarf. So, Quinny, two things become immediately apparent. One, Alan has a ball of fingers with eyes on her shoulder. And two, for some reason, buttholes, shield, and hammer are wrapped in yarn. The shield is only in the back, so it's not on the front of it. But it's got a T-Rex teeth hammered into the whole shield around the edges. What have you guys been up to? What is that? Oh, this is Billy Fingers. Come on, Billy, say hi. And I just kind of pop him off my shoulder and put him on yours. Uh, He's friendly. I hold up my stump. Billy Fingers rolls down your arm like a tumbleweed, but a tumbleweed of fingers. And each finger kind of grasps. He rolls down and up onto your stump. 
and then tries to kind of like make as hand a shape as he can. But mm-hmm. since he has no center mass, it's somehow more horrible. But he still manages a thumbs up. Welcome, welcome to the crew, I guess. We got a good gang together. So clearly Bucky <laughs> fucked it up. What happened with your hand? You should have two hands. I fought very hard to get both of those hands undamaged. Ranger lost the key to my manacles. And, and then he... Bucky chopped your hand off. No. Kid, I'm, I'm going to punish him so bad. He's getting grounded. I'm pretty sure the teleportation spell left my hand where Ranger is on the ship and the rest of me here. <sighs> He's going to eat it. Probably, yeah. Oh. Well, Quinny, you don't like having two hands anyways. It's probably that's sneakier not true. to that's do everything not true. with one that's hand. Not, that's not true at all. I bet you're going to be a better thief now because people will be looking at your stump and you could be like stealing their purses with the other hand. Is that what you've been finding out here in the jungle? A lot of people concerned with appearances? You'd be surprised. We saw a lot of cats that wanted to be cat people, not cats. Very superficial. We had some dinosaurs. Oh. We were training. They died. Yeah, we'll run you through sort of what happened with us. So I rented some raptors. So we went into the cat kingdom and we were hanging out with Mr. Mintz, who it turned out was royalty. And then Mr. Mintz wanted to murder his brother and take power. And it turned out there was a dog king and Goblin Jr. over here. Snare, snare. He told us he was the dog king but trapped in a regular dog's body. So we murdered the dog king, but then when we tried to use the magic on him to turn him back to a dog person, it turned out he was just a wolf who'd really hoped he could be king. Goblin Jr. said this to you. Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. You're yeah, fucking sure. He's sure, yeah, pretty clear. So we left Mr. Mins is on the throne. He's now off in search of all his fellow cat people who were turned into domestic house cats yes. to turn them back into cat people. Yeah, there's a reasonable chance that every cat on the planet is a cat person who's been trapped in a cat body, and he may have used his magic to free them all at once, so the world may be very different when we get back. Great, sure, let's go. All right. I have donkey parts for a body. This is, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> I like new Quinny. Alan, during your time on the McSquiggly, you'll remember that Goblin Jr. lost a leg and you mm-hmm. kind of came up with a temporary fix for that. Yeah. You can use that same magic to temporarily provide Quinny with a phantom mage hand if you'd like. Ooh. So I'm going to get you to roll an arcana check. Yeah, totally. 17. I'm going to say that it's fairly corporeal. If either of you, Alan or Quinny, roll a one, the hand will blink out. I also look over and see that his right shoulder is clearly dislocated and hanging from the body. And I go, ooh, ooh, two birds, one stone. And I reach into my backpack. Quinny, I stole these for you from the royal kitten person. Because I know you like stealing things and I wanted to get you a present. And it's two long gold knitting needles that are covered in gems. Also, these will help you with your arm. Okay, I'm going to do this on the count of three. And I say one, and then I jam both of the knitting needles through his dead shoulder that's dislocated and into his body, pinning it back into place. I was waiting for the three and you went in on the one. So I scream and cry a little bit. If you tensed up, it wouldn't have worked. That's why I had to do the trick. And then I take out a lollipop that I have in my bag and I give it to him. You were a good boy. I don't take it. But you were so good. Quinny's not speaking to you. He's just not going to take it. And then I put it away and I say, okay, I know what you really want and we got you this. And I reach into my bag. Is it my old body? And I take out the thousand gold pieces that the king gave us as a gift for Quinny, even though he'd never met him. And I give him that pouch. And I say, this is from the king. Quinny looks at the pouch and does nothing. He doesn't take it. Let's just go. Let's just go do the thing. Is that a tomb? Over there? I'm going to hold it for you. All right, thanks. So you're going to want it eventually. Okay. Well, if everybody's <laughs> just being a, a dick, this let's... This is upsetting. <laughs> Snarf. Also, I cast mage armor on myself. <laughs> you look at your tattoo. Um, so I'm going to give you each three points of stress to use uh, in the rest of the adventure. I'm going to be altering the stress mechanic ever so slightly. Basically, you can overspend, but once you've spent your stress, you will start to feel the effects of having stressed yourself out a bit. So the buying system still works the same way, 
but be careful of how much you spend. The other thing is, Alan, I'm going to say that you have Quinny's gear in like a temporal cube. Mm-hmm. So you can gift it to him whenever you so desire. Uh, Quinny, so I, I mean, I, I don't think we can get your old body back. I, um, oh. I, I burned it up pretty good. I'm sorry. But I did keep all your stuff. You got my stuff? Yeah. And I hand him this weird little, it looks like a D12. You hand him a D12. You can tell Quinny that this is very fine craftsmanship and it's Mm. not likely something Alan did. She probably had it commissioned. And you touch the top of the cube and it unfolds. There's sort of a flash of light and your old slightly charred gear Mm. is there. And at the same time, you hear the word, hate, just flow (laughs) out at you. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I put that in there earlier. That's not for you. I thought we were mailing it to a guy. Don't, Don't worry. Oh, okay. Quinny puts on his clothes. It went from being a full cloak to like more of a... Like a half cape? Yeah, like a half cape, but like burned down the edge. Um, Got like your your belt, you've got your blade. Um, Yeah, Frostbrand. Even though you're in a foreign body, you feel just a little more at home. I take Frostbrand and I look at it for a little bit and gradually feel kind of good and sleepy. And I go into kind of like, not exactly autopilot, but let someone else take over for a second and Frostbrand disappears. And I kind of like snap to... Like, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks to thanks to who? See, I'm telling you, what? there's some shit going on here that we don't know about. Do you know what just happened? What What are you talking about? Where's Frostbrand? I don't know. I, I know I have it. And I hold my hand out, and Frostbrand comes out from my palm. And as the length of the sword comes out, I just grab the handle as it comes out. I was like, yeah, I've got it. I just looked what? at Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just, like, what's, Quinny, what's going on? Just be upfront. This is a safe space. <laughs> There's no ranger, there's magic. no Bucky. <laughs> snarf, snarf. Goblin Jr. and I are friends with the Queen of Hell. Snarf. I don't know what to tell you. A lot happened when I was in Hell. I don't know how much time passed up here. I don't know if it works differently down there. I got to working for someone. I don't know. A lot. It was kind of foggy. The more I think about it, actually, the more it kind of hurts my head. Can we do this? So how do, do you this? put Can weapons we get on with inside this? your arm? I don't know what you're talking about, and Frostbrand is gone again. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm just going to need a second. And I'm like, Alan, you talk. I'm going to listen. Uh, and I take a knee and start praying. <laughs> oh, no, this is good. Whatever he's doing is great. <laughs> Alan, we don't need to ask any more questions. We can just move on. This is really good. Maybe it's just the Frankenstein body. I don't know. That's true. It feels like more than that. No, but that's a shadow puppet hand, and now he turned his weapon into a shadow. Do you know what? First things first, let's deal with his well of souls and not forgetting about this, Quinny. And let's all not die. Because the last time someone died, it took us a long time to sort this out, and I don't think Quinny appreciates the body I've made for him, which hurts me and him. (laughs) So I don't want to make any more bodies, and though I have my magic, it doesn't work near this thing, so no dying, okay? I want you all to promise. You want me to promise you that I won't die? Yes. All right. It's not like I have to deal with the repercussions if I do. That's not true. I will go. Uh, I bring will me back. Make Moonhammer kick we'll your have ass. Well of souls. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little better. <laughs> okay. Well, one of us is happy. Alan, no dying. Let's move on. Snarf. Try. You kind of like kick the summoning circle apart so that no one else can use it. You pack up your tiny hut, and together you start to descend down into the pit where the excavation was happening. So you've been up on the lip of it. You kind of use some stairs and ladders and things to descend into the pit. The front of the tomb seems very old, very ornate, but you can see that parts of it have collapsed, and the sun's shining through, as much sun as you can get through the canopy of jungle. Still very humid, bugs buzzing around you, all that sort of shit. 
You move up to the front of the tomb, and you can see that the excavation had basically cleared the entrance, but hadn't proceeded in at all. So what you're looking at, the style is gently Aztec, so the front is almost like what you'd see in a bunker under a hill. You can't see the rest of the tomb from where you are, but you can see a sort of large square entranceway. And the front door seems to have been very well secured. On it, you can see some etchings in a language you don't know. Quinny, we've had some terrible luck with traps because we sort of forgot traps existed when you weren't here. Oh. Just because this is fresh in my mind, so sometimes I remember stuff. Do you want to look for physical traps? And Alan, do you want to look for magical traps or how it works or whatever? You guys might be able to figure out either. Yeah. Sure. Can I see if there's any magic on this that I can detect? And I'll sure. look for booby traps on the door. Yep. So can you roll me an arcana check, Alan? Yep. And Quinny, let's say perception, please. Natural one. My hand disappears. Oh. <laughs> Quinny, you start to trace the door with your spectral hand. Mm-hmm. As you slip it under the door, you think you can feel something. You're mm-hmm. pretty excited to be feeling useful again. And unfortunately, the hand dissipates. But you do hear a click from the other side. Well, I've either set something off or I've disabled something. And Alan, what did you roll? I rolled a 15. The doors do seem to be sealed with a magical energy. Mm-hmm. You think you could dispel it, but you're not entirely certain. Can I uh, spend a point of stress to prepare dispel magic? You sure can. <laughs> I go over to Quinny, and I see that his hand is gone. I have a question for you. This might work, this might not, because you sort of got this unconscious summoning weapons from inside your body thing going on. Don't do. just, just ignore that. We're just going to keep going. All right. If you focus, can you draw Frostbrand with your right stump? I don't know. Um, just imagine Frostbrand. You're just reaching down with the hand and yeah. pick it up. Does, does anything happen? I reach my stump out and kind of not really on purpose, cast Mage Hand. <laughs> and the hand reappears and then Frostbrand comes out of it. Nailed it. Huh. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for, wait. Or the hand. What? Keep, keep checking the door. And I go over to Alan and I'm like, if he thinks about picking up his sword with his right hand, the hand appears and the sword appears. Just don't tell him. Okay, we're coming back to this, though. We're not forgetting about this. <laughs> I'm not going to forget. It's awesome. <laughs> Billy Fingers snaps twice and points at Alan and gives a thumbs up. Fucking love you, Billy Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he does that thing where he does half the heart, then he scuttles around and does the other half the heart, and then he points at you. God. So cool. <laughs> so I'm going to try to cast Dispel Magic on the door. Do you need to roll for that? No. So if it's a level three spell or lower, then the spell ends. If it's fourth or higher, I have to make an ability check using my spellcasting ability, and then the DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. Okay, can you go ahead and roll me that check? Yeah. 13. You can tell it's a very old spell and that the potency seems to have worn off. It doesn't seem to have been refreshed lately. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a struggle. It doesn't immediately dispel the way you kind of imagined it would. It's almost like it cracks. Ooh. But you do feel the spell dissipate, but it kind of shatters in a gently awkward way. It's not an elegant piece of magic, but it works. Cool. I think we can go in, guys. Great. I push on the door. The doors swing creakily inward. You can tell they're on old stone hinges. For someone who isn't as strong as you, this would feel like a tremendous amount of work. But for you, it's more of the Aragorn, ha, in from the rain. (laughs) Both the doors slam against the walls, and you can kind of hear a thundering, echoist noise going both ways. All three of you, please roll me perception checks. Sure. 11 for Quinny. 21. 10 total. I've already taken out Moonlightbringer and firing it up as a torch means I can't see shit. (laughs) Alan, you think you can hear in the distance something wet being dragged. Ugh. But you just hear it for a second and you think you hear some skittering. Anyone else hear that sound? Nope. Go seems clear. Let's go. 
<laughs> no, I think we should proceed a little bit carefully. So I'd like to stealthily approach where the sound is coming from. We've got all of us back so we can do the classic thing. I'll go in the lead and you guys skulk. And then when I get attacked, you can murder things. That works for me. Why don't I just go first stealthily? Works for me too. We've got Quinny, Quinny back. If somebody's going in the lead. Shouldn't he sneak? He's the best sneaker. Okay, but how would it not be you? Okay, fine. I'll just. It just seems like it's been a horrible idea in the past. (laughs) Okay, lead the way. I I, I extinguish Moonlightbringer. You're plunged into darkness. Keep keep my shield out, and I'm like, go ahead. I will go. So, Quinny, you begin advancing down the hall. Can you roll me a stealth check at disadvantage, please? That's a natural one, so let's just go with that. Your hand disappears. <laughs> no, I'm, okay, this hand, this hand is fine. You begin to stealth down the hallway the way you normally would, mm-hmm. but given that your body is larger than you're used to and slightly more ripped than you're used to... And the clop-clop of my... And they, the clip-clop of, of hooves. <laughs> you find that everything you're trying to do somehow makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Everything about this stealth is not fucking working for you. But you make it down the hall a ways and nothing has attacked you. I whisper too loudly... This isn't working. From what you can feel on either side of you, the walls seem to have been painted at one point, but the paint is chipping. Painting of anything in particular? No, in this case, it seems to be isometric patterns, but you can barely make it out because it's hella dark. I'm going to light a torch. As you do so, the hall comes into much clearer light. Mm. Again, isometric patterns on either side. You can see a lot of blues and golds. It looks like it would have been ornate at one point, but you can't really ascertain any story from it. It just seems to be almost an entry hall. Ahead of you, you can see a flight of stairs descending. I turn back to you two and say, hey, who or what is buried here? There's a well, so go down? Alan said we had to go here. You also will recall from your battle that when Mr. Mistopheles was killed, his spirit <laughs> seemed to fly this way. Oh, Quinny, I think it was the cat dog people. The cat dog people. Yeah, there's cat people and dog people and they team up. I think they built it. Just a second. And I take out Goblin Jr.'s old leash and I clip it on and then I hold it short so he can guide me through the dark because I'm not allowed to use Moonlight Bringer apparently. And then I finally get to him safely and I'm like, we murdered their kings. I have a lit torch also. Yeah, that helps me when I get close, but I was a ways back. Okay. And then I'm there and I'm still just pretending to be blind just to be an asshole now. (laughs) (laughs) Like put your hand on my face. Quinny? Quinny, is that you? Such a majestic beard. <laughs> Hooah. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then then I, I dropped the act, and the Goblin Jr. is pretty proud. Do you know what the cat dog people, they were digging here. So them, they're buried here, or they made it? They're digging here. Okay, so I'm thinking a really old cat made it. Do All we right. know if anyone is buried here? I mean, if it's a tomb. Yeah, tombs are know. by nature yeah. where they bury people. Like, I've gone rummaging around in tombs before for cool shit, sparkly things, and so forth. Usually, you know who's buried here because you want to know what you're going to get. It's got the well of souls in it, so I'm betting... Oh, 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 oh. And I just just make that sound for like a minute, and I'm sort of just like jumping in place, super excited. Hey, 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 focus, focus. Okay, I think I got it. In pure... (laughs) <laughs> but whole fashion, this is completely made up based on a random bunch of <laughs> shit that I thought over the adventure. This has got to be where the necromancer went. Because they said that there was almost a necromantic coup of this cult that we went through. Everybody here's still in the cult. Who are they going to revere? The necromancer. There's necromantic fucking T-Rexes. There's zombies all over the woods. I bet this is the necromancer. That's something. More plausible than most things. <laughs> all right. So let's start heading down. So Necromantic let's... cat dog person. Gross. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. 
When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndiCloud back as a sponsor. As IndiCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> It's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dum Dums and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dum Dums and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. I assume you all meet up with Quinny. You make your way to the top of the staircase. The stairs seem to descend into a large chamber. In the center, there's an old dried up fountain. You can see torches in each corner. And there seem to be hallways leading off to the north, east, and west. You're currently standing at the top of the stairs in the south. I light the torches. Once the torches are lit, it reminds you of a hotel lobby. Hmm. Very nice. It's ornate. The central fountain is a classic trio of mermaids just hanging out, looking like mermaids. Right. But the fountain is bone dry and seems to have been so for quite some time. Quinny, can you roll me a perception check, please? 14. You can see even though the fountain is dry, there do seem to be some drag marks and some other things in and around the area. It looks like the dust has been disturbed. Can I investigate? Like, yeah. see if I can discern what events have transpired here? Yeah, can you roll me uh, an investigation check then, please? 21. Looking around, even though this area seems to have the vibe of a hotel greeting area, you don't see any benches, you don't see any chairs. It's very ornate, but there doesn't seem to be anything livable in it. The dust seems to have been disturbed in scattered patterns. Mm. You can see drag marks in various directions, but it's not like they all go left. I want to follow Quinny down. I'm going to assume he's cleared the area of traps. It doesn't matter whether or not he did. <laughs> I just assume that from the top of the stairs. Sure. So I bring Goblin Jr. down, and knowing he spent a lot of time with like cat and dog people, I want to go through and look at any of the marks to figure out if the majority of the excavation team, because odds are we're not solo down here, which of these three tunnels they went through, if we could figure it out. Once you get down there, Goblin Jr. starts sniffing around. He doesn't seem to be signaling cat and dog people, though, but he does nuzzle a couple of spots on the ground where you see ancient paw marks in some of the dust, but they seem very old and small. Huh. What do you make of that? Goblin Jr., do you want us to press where the paw marks are? Starve? <laughs> Quinny, do you want to check the paw marks yeah, for traps? Yeah, I'll have a look for traps. <laughs> or even for any kind of mechanism there. Sure. Great. 19. There don't seem to be any trap plates or anything. You start to follow, let's say, one set of tracks. Mm -hmm. What you do notice, though, is that the paw prints seem to get larger as you go. Whatever was making these is growing. Dogs turning into dog people. Ooh, maybe this is where they kept that stupid cat cat catanatrix. The The domesticatrix? The cat matrix. (laughs) Maybe this was Mr. Mistopheles' house. Nobody lives here. He floated. Okay, fine. The tracks seem to be headed out, not in. However, you can see relatively recent drag marks that lead to the west. Alan, you notice that the dust seems to be slightly wet. Mm, This is weird because we've got a dry fountain, but there's damp drag marks in here. Going which way? West. I think we should follow that. Follow the goo! You head into the west. You note immediately that the ceiling comes down. There's a smaller set of double doors. Mm. Once they would have had very fine glass in them, but you can see the shards of the glass Mm. by the doors. Both seem to have been knocked off their hinges. And you notice that just beyond the doors, the hallway curves further along to the left. 
What you can see from here is all the ornate painting stops and the walls become a very generic beige with a single blue line drawn through the middle. I don't know if this is like a cult custom or whatever, but this is not how tombs normally look. Can you roll me a perception? Yeah. Corny doesn't say this, but is this some kind of hospital? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be uh, 17. Yeah, it looks as though it is something meant to gently guide the eye. Um, like guide, a mine. Yeah, like right? excavation maybe, yeah. yeah. You know what? I think we're making enough guesses. We all know how this is playing out. Follow that line. Yeah, yeah. let's follow the blue line. And I'd say Quinny and I will actually team up at the front this time. So I've got Moonlight Bringer out and lit, and Quinny's got his torch. Mm. And I'm just going to stay slightly behind him, and we'll scope out the walls and the floor as we go. I'll take up the rear. Billy Fingers, he's on my shoulder, but he's facing back, so his eyes are watching her. <laughs> mm. Or watching her six. And Goblin Jr.'s with us just sniffing for anything that could surprise us. Got it. Yep. Such a nice little cinematic vision of the party. That's great. Okay, you follow the line. The light continues to illuminate both sides. You can tell Quinny, based on your knowledge of tombs, that the reason this hallway seems to be twisting is around geographical features. That makes sense. So given that it's a jungle, there's yeah. a lot of bedrock and shit to work with. It twists down. You can see there are torches along the way. Most of them look like they've burned down. I can't light them then. I think between all of you, you have enough supplies that if you wanted to soak something in oil, wrap it around it, set it on fire so that you have makeshift torches along the way, you can do that if you want. I'll defer to the group here, but I'd rather have a lit path back if we need to make a hasty retreat instead of stumbling around in the dark or with limited light from a source that we're carrying. Moonlight Bringer's just glowing. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm sort of lit all the time. So maybe that's a self-biased thing, but I'm like, only so far in front of you. Yeah, but if there's anything in the other two paths, then we're just lighting the direction that leads immediately to us. But we see them coming from so far away as opposed to coming up behind us in the dark while we're making noise or talking. Yeah, you know what? We got Billy Fingers watching our <laughs> ass. Let's do this. I trusted Billy. Billy Fingers throws up a metal. <laughs> like throws, the up the throws, throws up the horns. Throws up the horns yeah. while still maintaining eye contact. Honestly, I'm doing some great hand work for those of you <laughs> listening at home. It's my puppeteer skills. I don't know. Quinny feels really good about Billy throwing up the horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. I mean, He's really cool. Yeah. Something about those horns. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> this is good, Alan. This is good. I prayed earlier. So you are lighting torches, yeah? Yeah. yeah if you guys great. are cool with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd say maybe every few torches, yeah. you, you just, just, just rig touch something. the tip yeah, to the, 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 the torches yep. hanging on the wall. And I just throw in some prestidigitation to yeah, light exactly. a few. Yeah, exactly. Snap just, a you know, couple to light, yeah, no problem. Just, just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's a bit of an awkward shift slightly down in the floor and the ceiling, but then things level out. So you suspect they found bedrock and kind mm-hmm. of went, great, here's where we can build. It opens up into a slightly wider hallway. In this particular area, you can see there's doors to your left and right. The hallway continues down, and there's another set of the double doors that you saw previously. I check the doors to the left and right in the hall for traps. The doors to the left and right, similar to the ones you saw before, have been broken. They're hanging on hinges, so you could easily step into one of these rooms, but it's hard to see even with your lit torches from outside. Drag marks go where? You can see drag marks, but where before it was a single drag mark, now it's almost like someone's rushed around with a broom. So there's just drag marks everywhere. Are the doors broken in or out? Roll me a perception check, please. Eight plus three. Um, Eleven again. Okay. Quinny, holding up your torch to the doors, you can see tinkling of glass on the floor in front of you. In the hall. That's not definitive enough, but I would say it looks like these were broken out into the hall. I'd like to take a glance in. I have dark vision. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, Alan, so go I'll, for it. I'll look in the left-hand door. As you scan left and right with your dark vision, it seems to be a rack of surgical tools. So oh. there seem to be bone saws, pincers, all that sort of stuff. They all seem to be hung relatively orderly, although it is dark. Mm-hmm. However, you can see a few that seem to be on the ground. There are various tables. It basically looks like a storage room for tools. Quinny, this might be a hospital. Oh. I don't know. It's like surgeries are done in there or something. 
Do you have any experience with medical shit as a student of magic? I'm standing in the corner, just slowly raising my hand. I mean, I kind of have a general knowledge, but yeah. it's not my forte. Oh, snarf, 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 snarf. And Goblin Junior is doing like a consulting medical detective. But I was well looking just between the two of you, also not noticing Butthole raising his arm. Yeah. And I look over and I see your hand up there, Butthole. I'm like, you know about hospital stuff? Yeah, I was a field medic with a mercenary company for years. Yeah, I was thinking field. I didn't think well, you knew anything about hospital stuff. You don't just have to stay in the field. Like, you can come out and care for you. You build field hospitals. That's that's the whole purpose. Yeah, I figured that'd be like tents and shit, not tombs. If it's a surgery room, it'd be the same there, theoretically, as other places. Well, show us your stuff. All right, let's go check this shit out. I take Moonlight Bringer out and I go into that room. With Moonlight Bringer out, the room is fully lit. It's a large square room. There's a lot of open space in the middle. The walls are lined with, similar to a tool shed, flat shelf. And above, there are tons of glittering hooks in the wall holding tools. Can you roll me a medicine check, please, butthole? I'll give you advantage because you're a medical guy. 16. You recognize the idea behind a lot of these tools, but they look ancient. So in our terms, it would be kind of the difference between looking at... A modern surgery room versus like Victorian era. Uh, yeah, I'm US, thinking like, like, to be like with dentistry, where it's like modern dentistry mm. versus of like really weird, shitty 1800s dentistry. Where oh, like, yeah. When you see that Civil War medical shit and it's yeah. so well, creepy. Exactly. And you're like, I get what this is, but why would you add that <laughs> many hinges? Like what possible use? So it's that kind of vibe. Everything looks well-crafted, expensive, just unbelievably archaic. Weird question due to my recent experiences and the fact that we're in a tomb, which always makes me think undead in this land with giant T-Rexes that almost murdered me. Do these tools look like stuff I would use to keep people alive, or do these tools look like dream tools to build a Frankenquinny, or mix of the two? Uh, it's just mix a of the room. two, frankly, you're looking for the evil mad scientist. If it has gear, that vibe. And it's there, but it's there amidst regular doctoring gear. So I think probably what goes through your mind is, I see the stuff I would use in a field hospital. I also see the stuff I would use to Frankenstein a thing. It all seems to be hung together, so it's kind of hard to tell what the intent of the gear is. Guys, it seems like a surgery dream room for either regular doctor or insane wizard. It does everything. This over here, that's just a rib spreader. You just use that on bodies. Quinny, I used this thing to give you your legs. Oh, I feel sick. Yeah, and I actually hollowed out the torso with that, because otherwise you would have had donkey guts inside your gnome body. It'd be so fat, it'd be ridiculous. Quinny throws up. <laughs> Come here, we can actually do something good, because this thing right here is actually pretty useful. And I, I pull Quinny over... Listen, this is going to hurt short term, but they always say better out than in. More so than the I, pins in my shoulder? I pull the pins out of his shoulder. More than the pins in my shoulder. <laughs> and then I use some of the tools there, and it's got, like, you know, the ability to, like, staple bone together and stuff like that. And it's already exposed, and it's sort of dead and rotting, so this shouldn't hurt as much as jamming pins through your torso did. But I do an actual permanent fix job on your shoulder, so you'll have full range of movement. Can you roll me a medicine check, please? 20 total, but not natural. Quinny, can you roll me a constitution save, please? Oh, God. So that's a 14. Quinny, I'm going to say you take five points of damage okay. from the pain of this, but you grit your teeth and you manage to make it through. Ryan, because of your successful surgery, I'm going to give you one inspiration. And Quinny, I'm going to give you a strength modifier of plus four as your Franken body has been repaired. Uh, so Quinny, you do that thing in video games where you upgrade your gear. I'm playing a lot of God of War right now, so that's just in my <laughs> head. But like you kind of like flex your arm and you rotate your shoulder and it feels powerful. It's still rotting, but this is more heft than you're used to being able to throw. Wow, that actually feels much better. Thank yeah. you. It, no, I'm glad to help. If we can kill something that has a good hand and give you a solid hand again with this room this place is great <laughs> <laughs>
Alan, you feel a very frantic tapping on your shoulder. What's up, Billy? And I spin around. Lunging out of the darkness at you, something that is indescribably bizarre. It looks like the body of a bear whose arms have been replaced by sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Roll initiative. Oh, oh shit. (laughs) 16. 10 for Quinny. 12 for the butthole. Sound like a radio DJ. <laughs> 12 for the butthole in the morning. Butthole. <laughs> Watch out for traffic. Call in if you want to win 100 gold coins. <laughs> We're sending someone to that goblin with the throat bagpipes if you're our third caller. Who loves the forsaken? <laughs> I do. (laughs) This is the Forsaken, and you're listening to Butthole in the Morning. Butthole and Forsaken in the Morning. (laughs) Hey, it's great to see you, buddy. I'm having a lovely time. And then at the end, I'm just like, this show is exhausting, and we only did the pilot. Somehow you laugh at the same time. It's confusing. (laughs) Thaumaturgy. All the worst radio DJs would also use that awful soundbite of that woman being like, me so horny. (laughs) Which is like... Which actually was just one sound that I remembered from when I learned to fuck inside (laughs) Alan's brain. (laughs) You you know what? I was attacked and people said, how did you defend with your armor? And I said, me so horny. That's right. I fucked her like I fucked Meryl Streep. (laughs) (laughs) Talented actress. I actually didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunate confession. Fashion, fashion. So, um, Alan, because Billy Fingers tapped you on the shoulder, you're going to not be caught surprised. Other than by the fact that a shark and bear is attacking you. So mm-hmm. you're up first. What do you do? Keep in mind, you guys are all in the tool room. It's probably about a 50 by 50 kind of room. Lots of tools, but also sort of a, a large central area that you can move around in. Is so there an operating table still? Not in this room. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's big enough that you could bring this thing into the room and fight it here if you so desire. I'm just going to try to catch it off guard and do the old trusty magic missile. All right. Very nice. The classic wizard attack. <laughs> Eight points of damage. Eight points. Ooh. The magic missiles kind of strike this thing. As the blasts of the light come off it, you can Mm -hmm. see that it's classic undead in terms of the horrifying white eyes. You kind of blow chunks of fur off the thing, but it doesn't seem phased at all and and barrels directly towards you. Brings us, of course, to the shark and bear. The shark and bear swings its shark fists at you, so it's going to swing twice. Uh, What's your AC right now with your mage armor? 14, but I'm about to cast shield as a reaction. So what does shield bring you up to? 19. The sharks come snapping forward at you. Jesus Christ. Uh, One of them lances off the shield, but the Mm -hmm. other gets through and chomps squarely down on your shoulder. Oh my God. Not Billy. Billy like slips out from between the teeth in kind of like a power slide. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he uses his fingers to like do a flurry of blows, but it's fingers, so he's not really doing anything, but he feels powerful. (laughs) All Um, of us are going to die, and Billy Fingers is going to (laughs) trap up this dungeon and live here as a god. (laughs) So began the reign of Billy Fingers. Just dancing all Uh, the time. Alan, you're going to take 13 points of damage from shark bites, which brings us to Quinny. Is he, like, in the doorway? He's barreled in from somewhere in that central hallway you just were Mm. with the three doors. Well, the lighting torches thing really bit us in the ass, guys, huh? Sorry about that. (laughs) Possibly when he heard someone scream when their arm got stapled back on. Right, got it. Um, Yeah, so don't worry, Quinny, this one's on me. Your torches were a great idea. (laughs) 
Well, I'll withdraw Frostbrand. Okay. My eyes roll back into my head, and you guys can see like a weird thing glowing on my back through my cape. What? Where my secret patron symbol is. Yeah, no, Alan, don't worry. This is good. I yell (laughs) as she's getting furiously bitten by sharks. Just for flavor on this, I'm going to go Harry Potter not knowing that he can speak Slytherin, and I'm going to (laughs) cast Hex on this zombie bear shark, but I'm speaking the spell in Infernal. I literally just threw my hands (laughs) up. What does Hex do? I have now placed a curse on this creature. I'm going to deal some extra damage to him if I can manage to hit him. But in addition to that, actually, I have to pick one of his attributes, and he will have disadvantage on that. I'll say will disadvantage his strength. So as the shark is biting into Alan's shoulder, you Mm -hmm. suddenly see a ripple go through the gray shark flesh. And I'm going to go in for uh, a melee attack. All right, go ahead. 20. Not a natural 20, but just a... Yep, that'll hit. Okay. Thanks to Alan being bitten by the shark arm, you're within five feet of him, which confers sneak attack damage. So I'm going to roll all of these dice. I saw you collecting those dice earlier. (laughs) Oh dear. 19 damage plus five. So... 24 damage. So sick. You slash squarely across the undead shark and bear's chest, a cascade of guts out the side of it, and it roars with its mouth, but also the bear roar comes out of its hands, which is just very unnerving Mm -hmm. uh, in rage. Which brings us to Butthole. And I yell, bark you! And I run at the bear shark. Goblin Jr., like all wolves raised by goblins, fucking hates bears. Bears are the worst. (laughs) Bears are terrible. They're giant. They fuck up wolves. It takes a whole pack. There's like a whole instinct thing there. It's the only thing he hates more than cats. He still hates it slightly less than goblins. <laughs> it's like goblins, bears, cats. So he's going in and he's going at the legs because what the wolves know is you got to have a big creature. And we've done it enough times that he's sort of just darting around at leg height as much distracting the bear's yep. shark arms or whatever as anything else. Half a fucked up is this bear shark looking with the hits it's taken. Since we're talking about that, I forgot that because I hexed him, he also takes two necrotic damage. So that was 26 total. <laughs> How fucked up is this bear looking? It still looks pretty hardy. As I'm charging in, I'm going to spool up Toothy Hammer as I renamed Blood Punch. Which arm is biting Alan? Yeah, we'll say the left. I want to come in at the left shoulder, and my goal is to separate this fucking shark from this side of the body. So I'm throwing the shield in advance, and then I'm going to bring Moonlight Bringer down on the shoulder as well. So I'm hoping to, like, soften it up and then chop through. Sure. The chain shield getting thrown. (laughs) Nat one. (laughs) For punishment purposes, Tom, I was using a spell, so it's magically charged. I don't know how the fuck that affects anything, but twas. Now for me! (laughs) 25 to hit with Moonlightbringer. So you throw the shield and one of the shark arms comes up and bites into it Mm -hmm. and yanks back. So you're flying at the thing. You're going to hit it with the hammer, but I'm going to tell you what happens next. Because I'm flying through the air and I'm like, fuck it, we're throwing down. Nobody bites my shield made of teeth. Uh, (laughs) I summon my farts and I use my goddess given fart powers and I fart and the fart actually powers my whole body forwards. So that I'm hurtling towards it with supercharged up damage. And at the same time, I'm bringing the hammer down and then I'm lunging forward with my other shoulder so I can take one extra strike with one of my sweet hell powers. (laughs) 13 to hit. Yes. Sick. Fuck you, bear shark. Uh, So let's see what damage is done. 
31 damage total. You viciously smack the bear across the face. You do a massive amount of damage. However, that one is no good. So you slam up against it. It's like hitting a wall, but you've hit walls before and fuck (laughs) walls. But now that it's got you on a chain, it's actually going to swing you like a shield. So Alan and Quinny, I need you guys to both roll me either a constitution save if you're going to try and just take the hit or a dex save to leap out of the way. I'm going to try to leap 17. 26 to dodge. Alan, it will hit you, but not Quinny. Ah. So take nine points of getting hit by butthole damage, and you are thrown across the room into a wall full of tools, which will deal you an additional eight points of damage as you crash into spiky, sharp things and kind of fall in a cascade of saws, axes, and other such things to the ground. So painful, so smelly. Billy is also thrown with you. No, uh, not really. And is like scattering desperately, but well, he manages to hit the wall and spring off it. One of his fingers is cleaved off <gasps> in the process, Uh-oh. and he kind of like falls into what would be a shoulder roll, but it's like a knuckle roll. And he comes <laughs> up, and one of them is just bleeding, but he looks pissed. Which brings us to the top of the round with Alan. I'm gonna cast cloud of daggers around this fucking bear shark shit. Angry wizard is a good wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to cast it at level three. Alan, what I'm going to say happens here is rather than summoning one in your fury as you stand, the saws and various sharp implements stand with you. <laughs> uh, and Magneto style just fly forward in a um, yeah. razor swarm. Can just you, to be clear, I'm assuming teammates are not inside yeah, the field standing, you cast. I'm standing beside this No, because you just got thrown at me. I got swung at you. You got hurled away. I'm still attached to the bear with the chain. Butthole, after you've been swung around on the chain, it drops you off to one side. Quinny, you're still there. You see sort of a cascade of daggers flying from behind you. Can you roll me uh, another deck save, this time at disadvantage, given that you've just dodged something? 19. You manage to duck and roll back. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to say that's your movement for your next round. That's fine. But hold on, I'm going to say you can pop your shield up, shoulder scrambling backwards. Yep. Okay. Now let's see how much this guy gets slashed. Oh my God, you're rolling so many times. It's only 15 damage. 15 slashing damage. And I'm concentrating like hell to keep yeah. those fucking implements spinning. So it's starting to look pretty rough. It's the shark and bear. The sharks start snapping at all the blood that's been shed off of it. So they seem to be snapping at each other and at the bear body. Let's see if it can shake that off. So the shark starts snapping at the blood that's coming off the bear. The bear kind of shakes out its arms, roars, and proceeds to charge in. It would take damage from the knife field again, right, Alan? Because that's still going and it's moving through it? Yeah. If it starts its turn in it. Yes, it does. So go ahead and roll. Pitiful. Nine. It rushes through and the blades and saws and horrible rib openers are bashing off Mm -hmm. it, smashing it. It stumbles at Quinny and desperately lunges, snapping with both sharks at you. Okay. It rolls a crit. Uh, fail, critical failure. Oh. So, oh. Oh. As scared it, me, Tom. Uh, yeah, that was entirely intentional. Uh, um, it was pretty delightful, though, I will say, from this side of the table. <laughs> Great. As it goes to bite into you, Quinny, you reach up, and it's like when Quicksilver runs around in any uh, one of those any one X-Men of movies the X-Men in the past. Movies. Yeah. You just tap a saw blade at it, and so when the shark lunges forward, the blade goes through the shark mm. and out the other side, and you see the shark fall apart, Spilling sharky guts and bone out of one arm. Right. And the shark and bear drops to one knee in front of you, bringing us to you. What do you do? I'm going to use cunning action to disengage, since no one else can give me advantage for all that shit ton of dice to roll anymore. 
and I will fire off an Eldritch Blast. I'm going to raise my hand and a beam of Eldritch Energy comes out. Again, not fully in control of what's going on. I am so glad that this is good because if I did not know that from Moonhammer, I would be deeply concerned. (laughs) I've been concentrating on my cloud of daggers, but out of the corner of my eye, seeing weird shit happen, what the fuck? Okay, range spell attack. 18? Yep, that'll hit. So that's a 10. The shark and bear explodes in a foul burst of guts and sharks and bears. So one of the sharks is flopping off to the side, but the chest of the bear is exploded and it falls to its knees and collapses. Good lord. Because it's undead, it gets to roll a dice, but it does not stand back up. I run over to Billy. You can't reattach severed limbs, eh? Cure wounds? Cure Wounds does not reattach severed limbs traditionally. However, Billy Fingers is a collection of fingers that have been attached to a soul stone full of fragments of God souls. So that's more a Tom question than a me question. We're now in metaphysicals. Billy's kind of stumbling back and forth, looking like he's ready for a fight, but also Mm. he's lost some blood. You can't see where the stump is anymore. So that is one finger that is going. Sorry, buddy. You did so good. You can calm down now. It's over for for now, buddy. He gives you a thumbs up and then does that weaving thing that boxers who are clearly done does and then falls over unconscious. I put him in an inner pocket. Cool. Whenever you're ready, buddy. He very softly taps against your rib cage. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Alan, honestly, worst rooms to get bitten in. All right, let me help you out with these injuries here. So I get the appropriate stitching kit stuff out so we can deal with the massive amount of injuries and stab wounds you have. We so, a short rest? Are you? It sounded like we were describing the goings-on of a short rest. I just want to make sure. If that's how long sure. it takes. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. patch her up. Sure. Collectively exhausted and with this undead monster in front of you, you take a few minutes to patch up your wounds. Alan particularly is a little worse for the wear. But soon you are back on your feet and ready to go. So having defeated the shark and bear, you're left alone in the room. What do you want to do? Can I examine this corpse? Or I guess maybe get the medical guy to look at it. Let's pump the brakes here, Mr. Kickass. What was that? What? And I look down at my legs like, oh, right. Ass donkey. Oh, (laughs) that's funny, butthole. Snur, (laughs) snur. I'm glad I made a joke, but holy shit, Magic Quinny, this is great. Who's your god now? Oh, that. I don't really know how to explain it. Things just happen. I feel like I black out some of the time. I feel really good when it happens, but it kind of comes and goes. Okay, time for one more prayer. He gets his powers from Moonhammer. This is Could the be. coolest. She's the queen of hell, and I helped kill the person who she wanted to dethrone. Maybe she's just... Yeah. I prayed. It's from Moonhammer. This is great. Okay, you wanted me to look at the body, and then I go over and start looking at the body. Alan, you want to roll me an arcana check, I please? I 100% do. <laughs> Nine. I guess it's possible Moonhammer could be handing out laser hands now. Doesn't seem very likely, though. You've seen how Butthole's magic work, and you've seen now how Quinny's abilities seem to work, and they don't seem to be the same thing. It's not the same at all. I don't know what to do. This is very confusing. Quinny feels like Alan's stare boring a hole in him, (laughs) and he gets very uncomfortable. Uh, and says, uh, I'm going to go scout the hallway and just make sure there's nothing else coming our way. I just think to myself, hey, voice guy, any thoughts? The voice seems to consider for a second and say, Alan, let me look into that. That doesn't look much like your abilities, though. Right? Looks like something else. Okay. I'll think about it. Thanks. Investigating the body, I get two. Wow. I rolled a three and I have minus one investigation. Yeah, I would let you roll a medicine check on it. Yeah, since I thought, oh, that I thought makes it was medicine. I was like, how'd you get it that low? I thought your modifier was at least four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, medicine check. That's a 20, not natural, but total. This thing seems to be held together by a combination of surgical ability and some sort of magicking. If yours was an amateur attempt at making a Frankenbody, this looks like a masterclass. 
like Aaron Sorkin teaching zombies. I don't know. Guys, this guy's good. Or gal. Either way, we got to make up a name because I've learned this. You got to just pick a name so you know who you're talking about. And I'm going to call whoever made this. Aaron Sorkin. Zombie Sorkin. Or Zorkin. Aaron Zorkin. We're going with that. That is our winner. Thank you. Sorry, Alan, you didn't get a pitch this time. Next villain, you can name. I'm okay with it. Okay, so we, we know that this is surgery, but it's also magic. It came from the other room. This is a surgery room. What if there's a magic room? I would like to see the Build-A-Bear shop, please. Jesus Christ, the worst Build-A-Bear shop ever. (laughs) Or the best. So I I take out Moonlight Bringer and we got our torches. Let's go check this out. Uh, And we go across to the other room. In the other room, you swing open the door. It's a large cavernous area. And from floor to ceiling are broken cages. You can see there are some bones in some of them. There's clumps of fur. There's some dried blood. And this thing seems to just sort of stretch floor to ceiling in a large rectangular space to a far wall where there seems to be a number of cupboards and cabinets that are broken. Are any of the cages labeled? You can roll me an investigation check, please. Ten. It's not a language that you recognize. Mm. I'm going to wander through because I'm horrible at any sort of traditional Quinny-style investigation. But I'm just going to do a prayer trance where I'm just wandering around and it's Moonhammer influence, but also just my own weird brain. Much like when I read all the legal papers, understood none of them, yeah, but yeah, could yeah. piece it together. I'm going to see if my gut slash faith leads Sherlock me Sherlock your way through it? <laughs> yeah. Imagine <laughs> if Sherlock was only good at putting things together at the end, but did not understand any of the pieces. <laughs> 18 total. As you kind of rain man your way through, a lot of the cages look broken out of, but most of them just seem to have rusted and collapsed with age. You see bone splinters here and there. The fact of it being a holding area for animals is very clear to you. However, why the cages are broken in the way they are doesn't make a ton of sense. The cabinets and things at the back seem to hold food and various other things that we'd like to use to keep all the creatures alive. Okay, here's my guess. I don't know why everything's necrotized and full of zombies. It looks like in the other room we got a lot of medical tools, and honestly, this pretty much just seems to be a zoo for a rich, crazy person. There's, like, food storage and cages for animals. Yeah, I don't get how this tomb works at all. I was thinking maybe a zombie farm or something. I feel like tomb is now just straight up the wrong word to be using. I think we should call it the Tomb of Annihilation. No, that's just a bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should call this the petting zoo from hell. Or the zoom? The petting zoom from hell. Tomb zoom. Tomb, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to call it that. Okay, let's just keep going then. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> As we get to the door before we continue down the hallway, I stop and turn to the other two and I say, Hey. Hey. Nothing in here appears to have been disturbed. Except for all the well, said, zombies and, and, and dead animals. No, no, but I mean, like, nobody touched the tools. Oh, I and see. And those are worth something. Not a lot, but something. Something that if you were just rummaging, you'd probably take that shit. So keep your eyes out. This place might not have been rumbled. There might be treasure and shit hiding around. Yeah. Everywhere else we've been has been abandoned for 10,000 years. And here there's, like, nothing. The cat people showed up. But, I mean, they could have left at that, like, front hall. So keep your eyes out. Quinny, right, right. are you feeling greedy? I guess... Alan, I'm worried about Quinny. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm kind of tired. I know I'm supposed to want that stuff. It just doesn't seem as important for some reason. Anyway, we should keep going. Everything else I was yeah. willing to pray about, this one just disturbs me, but I follow him. <laughs> so you're going through the final set of doors in this area, the double doors? Yes. yes. And I would say we'll, we'll assume the position we've come up with. So Quinny and I are at the front. I got Moonlight Bringer out and it's glowing. Alan's in the back, but now we got Goblin Jr. walking backwards. He's got his tail tapping against Alan's leg so that he can he make can sure feel. that he's moving the speed of the group. Yeah, this is a, a maneuver they came up with during their time fighting the forces of the Unseen Hand. As you come up to the double doors, you can actually see there seems to be faint light inside. I'm going to sneak up and see if I can peek in. You can roll me a stealth check, please? And I'll drop the disadvantage because you've learned to use your body now. 
17. So you sneak up to the door, and as you peek in, you can see that the glass here isn't shattered in the two circular windows. It is cracked, but as you look through, you can see, you know, a light bulb is burning down, and it's just sort of giving that orange or brown Yeah, almost like an in sepia, orange-brown yeah, light. Yeah. You can see that, and there seem to be a couple of sources emitting that, but it's kind of hard to see through the glass. It's like a dirty, dirty glass, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But the doors are larger than the, the previous ones. Are they double doors again? Yep. I'm going to push one door open just a touch so I can get unobstructed view into the room. Okay, so you push the door open, and you're immediately hit with the smell of old antiseptic. Yeah, I'll say if I've got my gear back, I'll use my thieves tools to slide a mirror through the small gap that I've made in the open door to kind of tool it around to get a better view without exposing myself. Can you roll me a perception check, please? Five. The orangish light is glinting off the mirror. It's making it fairly hard Mm. to move to your horror. You see that you're casting one of those little reflecting dancing lights around inside. Thieves don't want that. But nothing happens. I'm not going to press my luck any further. I'm going to come back and just tell you guys, pretty sure someone's in there. At least one someone. Aaron Zorkin! Uh, Let's go make a friend. Come on, this is going to be great. I open the door. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at Dum Dum Dice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings. I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, Lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am... (laughs) Lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.